missed his chances. Oh, brilliant goal! A brilliant goal! Remember the name, Wayne Rooney. Pirlo, 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 ancora, Pirlo, di tacco, tiro, What's going on, guys? Footy Fans Podcast is back. Andrew, Santo, and Joe, as always. How are we doing tonight, boys? Yeah, we're doing good. Uh, like I said a few times, I think now, uh, glad to hear the family's doing okay. And Thank you. Again, we're separated tonight from just COVID uh, stuff, but here we are. Yeah, a uh, bit of a COVID, not scare, not nightmare, but just a bit of a COVID situation going on in the Iorio household over the last week. But like you said, we've all gone past it. I didn't get infected. I'm I'm clean as a whistle, uh, fit as a whistle. However, the word uh, the wording is, but yeah, the wife and you know my son had it, but uh, no, they're doing well now. And I mean, I was off work this whole time taking care of them, so I got to watch a lot of footy during this week, which is a bonus for me as always. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm gonna lead off with you guys. Our biggest story of the week, our biggest story of the year, our biggest story of our lives, maybe yeah. in Canadian football. Canadian men's national team qualified for Qatar. You guys were there at yep. BMO Field experiencing the madness. How did it all yep. unfold? Like, tell me about the experience, guys. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, it was, you know, it was just something that just kind of popped up. We took advantage of it and got a chance to go. Um, and it was uh, really funny how uh, fast tickets sold out. I think tickets sold out in like a few hours just for that game. Uh, there was a lot of anticipation around it, so fortunate that we got the chance to go. Um, yeah, I mean, you could even tell right when we were in the city, uh, we were taking the the GO train from where our hotel was uh, to the downtown core because the GO train is like a two-minute walk from BMO Field. Yeah, it's um, really quick. Super convenient, eh? Yeah, GO train is like the best thing ever. I didn't even know about it until we went. Yeah, uh, I've only been there a few times at BMO Field, and both times I use the GO train, and it's like downtown BMO Field, because it's kind of in a weird spot, like off on the yeah. water almost. Yeah. Not right, not right downtown, but understandable. You can't really get a stadium downtown. Yeah. But um, no, the GO Train's it's key. Yeah. It's <laughs> so, super great. So yeah, we just, we got there, just chilled the night of, slept there, and then woke up, um, took the GO Train. But right, we left super early because we were going to go there early for lunch. Right when we left, uh, our GO Train was at, I think, 1130 you already had people all dressed in Canada gear going uh, downtown. So you kind of knew uh, what the situation is going to be like. So we get there and just on the way, because we had, I think, a 50-minute drive uh, from our hotel on the GO train to the field. And uh, every stop... Out, not every Costco has gas. <laughs> What's that? No. Side story. Oh, no. <laughs> the guy we drive, the, I didn't know this, but not every single Costco has a gas station. So we were driving around forever trying to find one with a gas station, but that's oh, a different geez. story. Yeah, so we, <laughs> we actually didn't get one. So we got on the GO train that was near this Costco that we didn't find gas at. Um, 
but yeah, so every stop, there was like tons of people with Canada gear coming on, all heading to the downtown core to wait for the game. Um, so we got there, uh, and then we actually got uh, to the field early enough uh, to watch them actually show up on the bus. So I'm sure like you saw on uh, my Instagram when the bus actually shows up. So mm-hmm. uh, there was quite a few people when we got there right at, I think, 1.30. Bus was scheduled to come at 2, didn't arrive till like 2.30, but... Uh, it was madness right uh, right at 2.30. I mean, the bus is going like two kilometers an hour down the street, heading towards the entrance. And there's just red flares going everywhere and everyone's super pumped. <laughs> uh, and that was a really cool experience. I mean, uh, I saw on video what the welcome for the players were, but I think that was probably the biggest turnout they've had. Uh, so yeah. that was really cool. Um, I'm surprised though, when the, the ref bus got there first, this, you know, half size of a, a bus got there and everyone was booing the rest when they got off the bus which I thought of was course funny. of course <laughs> so not sure what that was all about uh so that was cool uh but you started feeling the cold i mean we got fully prepared i had i think five layers of clothing on with under armor uh we got the hot pocket hand warmers going yeah major key yeah major so that was, on the hot pockets we also made the investment of the insole warmers so it's like this you know, the thing like an insole you put on the bottom of your foot yep. or, on, or on your shoe. Uh, so we had those and I put the hand warmers on the top of my foot as well. So I had like hot pockets in my hands and in my feet. Um, so that was, that was my plan uh, to stay warm. And I kind of outlined it towards the end, how that didn't really go too well. But uh, it was cool. We saw, you know, some people from Windsor that we got in there. I mean, I, I saw one Jamaica flag, uh, leading up to the game the entire stadium was just all canada right but sold yeah. out house twenty nine thousand people and uh it was just a really really cool atmosphere i mean um two guys came in front of us that i think are tfc regulars and nice. they turned they turned behind and they're like we hope you guys like standing up so i was like oh we probably just got guys that are you know gonna stand the entire game like whatever but everyone stood the entire game i think you know no no one is sitting in their seat the whole game uh, but yeah, I mean, the Jamaica team didn't look too thrilled to be there during the warmups. I mean, it was probably the softest Rondo drill I think <laughs> I've seen. These guys are sitting there just like, you know, really soft passing. Didn't look too enthused. I mean, every single one of them had gloves on. Um, so they they looked like they weren't too acclimated to the cold. Uh, but you know, right from the start, Canada just kind of took it to Jamaica. I mean, yeah. it was uh. Canada's game from the get-go. I, I thought it was super interesting when uh, every time they would score, they had, I don't know, fireworks or flares or whatever go off behind the net. Uh, so I thought that was that was really cool. Um, Joe, you want to like expand a little bit more? Yeah, no, with the flares, it was just funny when Jamaica got their own goal. You even talked about how you felt terrible for the guy because he gets yeah. the own goal and the flares just go up. Uh, right, right after he scores, him. he's just like in his net getting the ball, and then it was on the um, what are they called? The Voyager section, like the rowdy section mm-hmm. of BMO Field. So everyone was going nuts at the goal. So it was kind of funny. Um, yeah, no, we actually looked. Uh, it was a great atmosphere, and like, you know, considering we haven't been to the World Cup, just the like the atmosphere for Canadian soccer was really really good. Um, I don't know if it's just because TFC's fan base and most of the people there are maybe TFC fans, but just the fact that we everyone was chanting all game, you know, really kind of, you know, 
you know, made my passion for Canadian soccer, if you will, kind of grow a little bit mm-hmm. um, just because I've never experienced it. We you know we've never been on a major international tournament. So, you know, that was kind of nice to see. So it'd be pretty cool to see when the 2026 World Cup rolls around. Yes. If like teams come and they're like, oh, like the stands full of Canadian fans and like, you know, everyone's going nuts and it's kind of that atmosphere. It'd be pretty cool to see like the world react to like, oh, like Canada has like a crazy fan base of people jumping around in the stadium. You know, that'd be pretty cool. Well, they said since day one that the TFC fans are almost the like craziest probably in the MLS. Like we, yeah. like us up here, obviously, you know, Canada being like the cultural mosaic as they always call it with the different cultures and different backgrounds and ethnicities in our, in Toronto, especially um, everyone kind of comes together for one team, for one cause for TFC. And when it's, that's just like, that's just the Toronto team. When it comes to the actual national team, it's like that times a thousand mm-hmm. with everyone coming together. Maybe you're from Toronto, but you're a Montreal fan, or maybe you're from Toronto and you have deep roots to, I don't know, New York Red Bulls or something. You won't go for, you're not going to go for TFC games, but if you're Canadian, you're going to go for team Canada. So everyone's going to come together at one time. Mm -hmm. Um, You mentioned like the red flares and then like the rowdy, like Voyager section. That's like just TFC in a nutshell. Like those guys are nuts. Every single game they're out there. Um, Like that one whole back section behind the net. It's like at Mm -hmm. least 4,000 people. I think that are all, like the the crazy not hooligan yeah. fans but like the diehard yeah. it was fans. pretty close the guy had like no shirt on and he had his drum oh, yeah. and it's like <laughs> minus 15 he's sitting there just banging on the drum no shirt on I'm like it would be weird if he was in a winter jacket it's just funny that he's like <laughs> shirtless and it, it's it's strange too because like it's almost like it's weird with the tfc because like clearly like soccer is like a football sport it's a, it's a british sport british dominated so you would think that with the chance that we do or the chance that they do for Toronto FC and for Canada, they fit more of like the British chanting style, but they bring in the drums and they bring mm-hmm. in like the South American, like, you know, Chivas USA and, yeah. like, you know, like the team from Mexico, they have like that kind of vibe to it too, which is kind of strange. So it's like a weird dynamic of, yeah, again, just a different pockets of different cultures. You have like the Reb- the crazy fans that are all about, you know, English football, like EPL. And then you have, the fans that like the South American game, like the MLS game. And it's like a different dynamic between the two cultures. Yeah. And they all just come together for Toronto and they all come together for Canada, obviously. And yeah, man, like just watching it on TV, it's obviously like pretty cool because you get the, the crowd noise in the background and you see everything as a visual, but to actually be there, it's like something way different. Yeah. Like honestly, to be, to be immersed in it, like you guys were, it's that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's, I've, I've only been to a handful of, you know, live sporting events. Um, went to go see the Lions once. Uh, went to a Detroit Pistons game. And the only soccer ones I've been to are the big friendlies that happen. So I went to go see Roman Celtic. Uh, entire stadium was Celtic. Pretty good atmosphere. But um, even so, with the Man U Celtic game, it's an international friendly. Like, yeah. Like, you don't get that game. I saw, I saw you guys there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that. We saw you across the field. Yeah, we? Oh, we saw you. We saw you before the game too. So yeah, and across. Game. I was like, oh. and across the field. Yeah, that's Andrew. Yeah, that's but you know, at the end of the day, like those players don't really care about those games. They're international friendlies. They don't mean anything. This was the first soccer game I've been to where it actually matters a lot for for Kane soccer and the players on the field. So yep. uh, that was really cool to be a part of. Um, and yeah, just like the chanting all game, I think they sang the Canadian national anthem like five times during the entire game. 
Yeah. Uh, but the uh, afterwards, I mean, you know, uh, Jill got a video of it when uh, the 90 minutes flew and everyone ran on the field. That was really cool. Uh, like the bench ran on the field. I was going to say, yeah. you know, this is going to be like Man City when the entire stadium goes on the field, but <laughs> that's... Uh, Honestly, I thought that was going to happen. I, I would, that would not have surprised me at all yeah. if that took place. Um, um, that did I mean, not, not happen. Yeah, security's probably pretty tight. <laughs> yeah. For obvious reasons. But yeah, I thought that was going to happen for sure. Like, what a yeah. moment. Like, if, any, if, it was, yeah. if it was to ever happen, it would have been then, right? Yeah. Uh, but no, like obviously benches cleared, fireworks went off. I mean, it was like party city after that. And then uh, yeah. they took a picture at the end. They did the the whole Iceland chant at the end with the entire stadium. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just it's funny because I came home and then I watched the actual first time Iceland did that chant at uh, at Euros right when they beat England. Yeah, I think yeah. that was the first time it landed on planet Earth. <laughs> and then everyone started copying it. Like, oh, this is uh, the coolest thing we've ever seen. It is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fitting for Iceland for like the whole volcano thing and whatever the thunder, whatever it's supposed to be like. Yeah, and Canada took it over. It's like, why are we, why are we doing this? Like, obviously yeah. it's really cool, but like it has nothing to do with us, like at all. Yeah, it literally just took it from Iceland. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's, just, it's just taking it's just taking more culture stuff. Yeah, I even mean, the uh, sweet, but... our own. I heard. Uh, I think the Vikings and football do it now too. Makes sense. Yeah, so they do it. Vikings. Um, um, I was gonna say, like, obviously the game was was huge, mm-hmm. um, in itself, but the stakes of the game were were raised, obviously, when Canada fell to Panama one nil earlier in the week. Oh, Costa Rica, oh Costa Rica, sorry, they yeah. fell to Panama the last game of the season, the last <laughs> yeah. game of the, of the playoff, uh, last game of the qualifiers. Sorry, but yeah, the game was Costa Rica. I kind of thought Canada should have maybe came away with a victory there. I mean, it was kind of a squeaky goal that they got. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, nice finish from the from the header, but um, I, I just don't. I think Canada were maybe getting a little too ahead of themselves, and it's kind of like a, like a trap game for them. Mm-hmm. Like obviously having so many games in hand to qualify and to win, I think maybe they were going in a little too overconfident that they didn't play as well as they should. And I think yeah. John Herbman even said that after the game, he mentioned saying how like the guys weren't ready for this, like their kind of heads were already moving on to the game at BMO Field. So. Yeah. Obviously, it gets Jamaica too, like a, a weaker opponent than Costa Rica. Um, yeah. I mean, for you guys, that's awesome that, that I kind of yeah. played out that way. Because when, when you told me you when you told me you're getting the tickets, I'm like, they're gonna have the, yeah. the spot clincher. And like, why are you that's, gonna go? It's gonna be that's why I told Sato. It's like, oh, we're gonna go to the Jamaica game, but like they're already gonna be in at that point. Yeah. It's like we're just gonna go in the cold and just be like, oh, like you're already in. And then they lost. I was like, well, I mean, at least it's worth it. <laughs> well, I mean, and yeah. even from our standpoint too, like, like we all kind of thought that they're gonna win the Costa Rica game. Yeah. Like, like, why wouldn't they have won that? Or at least come away with the draw and maybe yeah. raise their stakes or raise their chances of getting in before the Jamaica game? Like, obviously, some things had to go in their favor if they did pull off a draw against Costa Rica. But getting that loss, their first one of the qualifications, yeah, it put a little more pressure on the boys to come back Sunday and actually perform. Mm-hmm. And Kyle Laren, 13th minute, like, nice yeah. finish, but kind of a, a goal that just kind of, like, showed up on his plate, ran, yeah. on his, ran in his lap. Um, but those are the ones you got to score. And mm-hmm. it was frustrating because in the Costa Rica match, there was chances like that that were popping up for him. And yeah. I was saying to myself and I was saying out loud, these are the chances you have to convert when you're on the big stage. Yeah. I mean, like when you're playing against a random team or a team that's better than us and these chances pop up where you're at the top of the 18 or you're, you have to do a quick turn from 10 yards out and you hit it wide or you hit right at the goalie. Those are the goals that, 
the good team score. Mm-hmm. And so like, I was yeah. kind of getting frustrated, even though, like, I mean, again, we had games in hand, but I wanted to win the Costa Rica game and just get in and just have a safe, like restful last couple of games. Yeah. But I was like, oh man, like, you got to score those. You got to score those. Like Messi scores those. Ronaldo scores those. Yeah. Mbappe scores those, you know? <laughs> yeah. So for him to finally get his goal deserved and a goal that, you know, was probably looming for him for a while in the Jamaica game to get the one, no lead. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's huge for confidence. And it just kind of set the bar or set the, the game rolling, set the stage rolling for the rest of the rest of the match. Yeah. I mean, I was talking with my one buddy where it's like, oh, you know, I don't know. I can't believe I'm saying this, but I hope Canada doesn't beat Costa Rica because we want to go where it actually matters. Right? Selfish. <laughs> so, yeah. Super selfish. Uh, but lo and behold, <laughs> they, they drop the points and then, you know, turns out to be the most ideal atmosphere we could have asked for. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that really, really set the stage for, for the rest of the game. Uh, Canada had so many chances, uh, a lot that they should have buried, but you know, I think it was really a top performance. I think, uh, uh, Stefan was our best player at Stacchio. Yeah, uh, really good. Yeah. yeah. He was, he was probably our man of the match, uh, for me anyway. Uh, but we, I, I don't think we could have had a better performance to be honest. I mean, really commanding all game. Jamaica didn't really have too much. I mean, I know they were missing a few key guys. Um, so yeah, you know, uh, really happy with the performance. I mean, what's, uh, Antonio wasn't there. So who would have knows what would happen if he was who else to, uh, Bailey. Yeah. Um, yeah. Leon Bailey, is that it? Leon Bailey. Yeah. He wasn't there as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, those, those are obviously their two probably best players and most prominent players for them. Would that have made a big difference in the grand scale or grand scheme of things? The way that Canada was playing? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, the weather was against them too from the get-go. Like you saw them like, yeah. he, trying to get a touch on the ball and it's like the, the ball is a rock Yeah, you know, on, on their first touch. And there's a few times that Canada failed to you know control the ball in the first time as well, but we got more adjusted or well-adjusted to the game a lot quicker than Jamaica did. Yeah, and it showed just like the way that we were passing the ball, the quickness that we were doing, the triangles that we were doing, and you know, creating open space. And again, these are things that we're going to have to be doing in mm-hmm. you know six months' time if we want to compete. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I saw, and obviously, maybe we can get into the draw now. Like, I saw the draw. Yeah. Obviously, everyone did. Um, and we talked about Michael Antonio. I'd be interested to see how Canada stacks up against these you know top tier nations you know because yes we have mexico in the u.s um but it'd be interesting to see it's like oh like we gotta play belgium <laughs> i know we talked about this before even the draw was made or even can't even qualify it's like well how would canada stack up when their midfield is going against the Bruyne or something like that yeah we're you gonna know, see it how, firsthand <laughs> i mean the one key thing that's good obviously is alfonso davies um which goes without saying but i think because he's so good and he can play on both ends of the field, I think that would actually concern teams a decent amount. Oh, yeah. So um, that gives me some hope that, you know, we can go against Croatia and, you know, give them a hard time if we keep playing the left-hand side. So it's... I'm not, it's not like one of those situations where it's like, oh, we're going to go to the World Cup, but like we don't really have a chance, you know, because he's on the team and because, you know, we do have a lot of pace on the left-hand side and, you know, our strikers are actually quite threatening. Um, it does give me some kind of, you know, maybe Lester feels like, oh, like really, 
you have a good center midfielder, you know, you got a striker, you have a decent winger. It's like, you know, that's all you really need, you know, people that can convert. Yeah. And then you have a group of core guys around them that just play well all the time consistently. Mm. Like you mentioned, we have the Mexico and US that we always play against. That's our biggest competition. Canada, we don't really play that many international friendlies of that big of like ilk, you know, like that Mm -hmm. big of like competition. Um, I'm sure leading up when when they do have more international friendlies, we will play teams like maybe like Scotland or something, or we will play uh, I don't know Spain or something. You know, somebody who is from Europe, someone who actually you know will be in the World Cup this year, or if not, someone who missed out, <coughs> Italy, um, maybe international friendly, <laughs> just to have some like tougher competition to see what it's going to be more like when it comes in November and December of this year. Mm. Uh, yeah, I think looking at the groups, everyone was kind of banking on Canada getting the Group A matchup. Yeah, uh, I was looking at that one with Qatar, Ecuador, Senegal, and Netherlands rounding out the four four teams there. We had a chance. <laughs> we did. We had a chance, and I was like, man, if we can get into Group A, we might win the goddamn thing and go through with like the top spot in Group A. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. But, Obviously, that didn't come to fruition. I think Senegal got the last spot in there, or I think it was Senegal. I want to say it was Senegal. Yeah, well, I, I think once the U.S. got the spot in there, I think we wouldn't even if even if we were drawn, we wouldn't have been able to go in there. No group A, Joe. Isn't that with Qatar? Qatar, yeah. Ecuador, Senegal, Netherlands. Oh, I'm thinking of England, Iran, USA, and who's the other one in that group? Uh, that's going to be named later. Um, oh that'll yeah, be one of the. Okay. Uh, one of the uh, English, or sorry, one of the European matches, either mm-hmm. either Scotland, Wales, or Ukraine. Yeah. We'll be in that one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, our biggest chance is Group A, and I'm like, if we actually get in there, we can win the whole group. Yeah. <laughs> we can, Netherlands, we can obviously, Netherlands is Netherlands, obviously. But they, I don't even know. <laughs> they're shaky, know. man. They're yeah. sh- I, we can beat Qatar. We can beat, you know, Senegal being, you know, the team of like Sadio Mane, right? That would be kind of tough. Yeah, that yeah. Tough. but still, uh, I mean, that's, I'd like those chances Maddie, Maddie more. Maddie I think, and Edward yeah. Mendy. But that's what I mean. Like, I think I read that they are going to have friendlies in Europe. John Herman's going to get some. Because, you know, I don't know, uh, especially our center backs, I'm not sure where they've played before or who they've played against. But when you're going up against, like, a Lewandowski or yeah. whoever, it's like, it's completely different. Like, well, we kind of know the group now, right? With you know, with yeah. Belgium being Lukaku and De Bruyne heavy and Hazard and Tielemans, yeah. those kind of players. You got to be, you really got to be ready to defend at someone that's like a lot better than you. So yeah. it'd be good to get some friendlies under our belt with you know some nations where they'll get exposed to that kind of play, just so you're not going to the Belgium game and then you're just not prepared whatsoever to go against like these A class strikers that maybe you never played against before. So yeah. I think that's going to be key before the tournament starts. And also the, the fact that this tournament is going to be starting in November and ending in December of this year, we're going to have the remainder of this, you know, this season obviously to, to play out and you know, have our players play in whatever league that they play in domestically in MLS or international level like Davies and Jonathan David playing in Lille. They're going to be able to finish up playing the, this season and then have another half season basically under their belt until this you know, tournament starts. Yeah. So we're, we're going to gain more experience. We're going to be playing more high-profile games. Who knows what's going to happen during the summer transfer? Canada obviously has put their own players on the map. 
Mm-hmm. And a guy like, um, what's his name? Uh, the, the defender there. Um, Sammy. Should be more prepared here. Um, <laughs> no, a little blonde guy. I forget his name now. The blonde uh, defender. Short hair? Their center yeah. back? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kennedy? Oh. Maybe. Yes, yes, Kennedy. He's yeah. a good player. Yeah. I think he's playing. Yeah. I think he's playing MLS. Like he can get picked up somewhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to be Arsenal. It's not going to be you know Bayern Munich. But he's playing MLS. You can get some games into into you know Club Bruges in Belgium or something, or you know Ajax, mm-hmm. wherever. I'm just I'm just naming off some names and some teams in Europe that you know might look at Cannon and say, "Wow, like these guys can play." Yeah. It's kinda, well, it's kind of it's kind of same. That, sorry, it's kind of same thing that happens when the Euro Cup or the, the World Cup does come around every two and four years, these no-name countries, these no-name players that are playing in some you know far distant land get yeah. recognition, they get TV coverage, and then they get picked up. Yeah. And no team has played better than Canada this calendar year. We've said that before in the podcast. We've had the best record, the best goals against, the best goals for, best winning percentage in the last you know year and a half in all competition. Yeah. From yeah. Europe to Japan, or from Europe to Asia to us, North America, South America, we've had the best showing with the best players, most consistent players. So mm-hmm. these guys have put themselves, again, on the map and shown that what they can do. And I think for a lot of them, it's only a matter of time before it finally pays off. And I know a lot of them like to probably play in MLS and stay domestic here in North America. You know, families or parents live here. They have spouses that live here, have jobs. But you know, if those guys come knocking, if if a team from Spain comes knocking, or like Eustachio comes from, you know, playing, was he with TFC? Uh, no, he was. Uh, I think he was MLS. But then going to Porto, obviously. Yeah, now he's going to Porto. Um, yeah. yeah, I forget where he kind of where he started from, but you know, a guy from Leamington too. Shout out Eustachio, you know, yep. down the road from us, basically. Yeah. Um, but from him going to Porto. Obviously, we have like the Jonathan David again going to or being at Lille. Um, Kyle Laren in Turkey, I believe, with Besiktas. Mm-hmm. Like, again, like Alfonso Davies, the greatest player we've basically ever seen for our country, playing with Bayern Munich. These guys are getting out there and well deserved. Mm-hmm. And I think there's going to be more to come from Canada from this point now until the World Cup starts in November, until our first game against Belgium. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Asakio plays for he's on loan uh, from Pacos de Ferreira, new South American team to Porto. Okay. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, it's it's huge for them. You always see it every tournament. You have standout players from countries you wouldn't expect. So it's it's huge for them, absolutely, to to get the chance to go. Yeah, and I think with John Herman as coach, like he's really really good. I don't think I mean he gets a lot of credit, but. Yeah. I think he's going to have an actual plan when we go to Qatar. Uh, that's probably going to play to our strength. So I would anticipate it's going to be a little bit more defensive and break on the counterattack, which I said before, we are a team with that kind of threatening ability, which maybe that's better for us with someone like Alfonso Davies that we can break on the counter and, you know, nick yeah. something off those top teams. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And yeah, like you said, with Canadian players getting picked up, I think my buddy said, you know, there are rumors of Jonathan David getting picked up by Arsenal. So, Whoa. you know, could be, you know, Arsenal could be a new, or Man U. Jonathan David, I think, is Arsenal. 
Yeah. Either one, man. Take your yeah. pick. Both teams need help sometimes. Yeah, Jonathan. Yeah, major. We'll get to that. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, will I hope? I hope really, really do hope it's one of those tournaments where Canada shows up and it's another Iceland situation where it's like, oh, like Canada's the like the team that people fall in love with. Uh, just so the sport kind of gets more. I mean, it is really growing a lot. Like even the last few years, the the soccer culture in the U.S. and even Canada has grown so much. Uh, before it's like everyone's like, oh, like no, it's like hockey, baseball, whatever, have you football yeah. here? But people are like really getting into it, and just going to the atmosphere, like we talked about before. Uh, people are really adopting it. So hopefully, this is just another, you know, another thing that propels it forward, and you know, we just become another soccer nation, and then hopefully become you know, a team that consistently qualifies for World Cup and maybe one day becomes competitive there. So hopefully more good things to come. And there is a quote from John Herdman. None of you guys saw that. Um, I'm trying to bring it up right now. Um, I think we're talking about the World Cup draw, actually. Oh, this is a YouTube video. I don't want that. Um, I'll find it in a second. But he had a quote saying, like, this is going to put Canada on the map and become a football powerhouse. Is basically okay. what he said. Um, like the world, is this it right here? Uh, no, that's not it. I saw it somewhere. I, I don't remember exactly where I where I saw it, but it was along the lines of, yeah, like this is going to be like our our biggest test, our biggest moment, and it's going to put Canada on the map to be a football powerhouse. And he said that I got a little tingly. I was like, yeah, that's a pipe dream. Like, yeah, that'd be great, but. Man, that'd be cool. Like, I mean, this, yeah. this is the one thing we've been looking for. And then, I remember years ago, there's a Tim and Sid, shout out Tim and Sid. There's a Tim and Sid uh, post or a poll that they put out, and they said, if you could have like a Canadian athlete be the best in any sport, like, what would it be? And they took soccer off the list because it was too obvious. And then this yeah. is before Alfonso Davies actually kind of emerged to what he is now. Yeah. And behold, a couple years later, Alfonso Davies comes on the map. And he's the best Canadian soccer player we've ever seen, other than Christine Sinclair, who's like in a league of her own. Mm-hmm. But best male soccer player we've ever seen for our country. He comes out, becomes a star, puts Canada on his back. He made an appearance, I think, in 2016 at the there's like a World Cup summit, like a FIFA summit. I don't know if you guys saw that. He came on in front of like the world basically and like announced his story. And this was during oh, like the World Cup bid. Yeah, it was really it was really cool. He's like 17 at the time. He's still playing with Vancouver Whitecaps. Maybe he was 16. Oh, okay. And he he stood in front of like the FIFA presidents and everyone part of the board. And he said like his whole story of how he came to Canada at a young age, moved to Edmonton, uh, did that whole thing, and like what Canada has um, provided to him, and then what have, they've allowed the opportunity he has to like play and be become like the player that he is, and. I think later on that night or later on in the week, whatever it was, it's when Canada and the U.S. and Mexico were announced that they won the bid for 2026 for the World Cup. Okay. And this That's is cool. him as a, as a 16-year-old. Yeah. So like even before <laughs> his like superstardom happened, he was already kind of on the map for Canada and kind of being Canada's like spokesperson. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's taken the role on like, like, like a full head of steam. He supports Canada. He promotes Canada whenever he can. Um, he has this like yeah. live like Twitch stream that he does when he's watching the Canada games, which is pretty yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, he's like breaking down, crying, watching us, you know, go to the next round. Because even though he's obviously a huge player and 
unfortunately he's been out for I think the last six to eight games, whatever it is, mm-hmm. uh, due to COVID and like recovering from that, we still were able to use that as motivation and progress even without him. Yeah. And that's so that that's just goes to huge. show that just goes to show our depth and like how we actually can play. And like you guys mentioned with Iceland or even like with Leicester, Joe said, if you can just adopt to a system and just believe in that the entire time, and that's all you focus on, that's all you keep training on, and you just make it a perfected system, you can do anything. Mm-hmm. And yeah. like Iceland did come out of nowhere in that European Cup. Was it 20, 2018? 2016? 2016. Yeah, that sounds right. 2016. Uh, Iceland obviously came out of nowhere. So the hype that Canada's had in that last year, I think they might have a target on their back a little bit because like we're just a rolling train right now. And like I don't think anybody wants to play against us, to be honest. Like, yeah, we dropped those games against Costa Rica and Panama in the last couple of weeks of the of the qualifying. But yeah. that wasn't based on like that wasn't based on performance. That wasn't based on us like not being a good team. That was just you know a away yeah. game against Costa Rica, the Panama home game, where I was at home. So like uh, obviously just yeah. Yeah, just a huge hangover from what happened on Sunday. So that game's like a complete wash. To still have the record that we have and to play as good as we have this last year, I don't think anyone wants to play against us, including Belgium, including Croatia, the teams in our group, or countries in our group. And yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I don't think we're going to lay down and die. I don't think we're going to lay down and say, hey, we're Canada. We're, this is our first time here. We don't have as good players as you guys. No, we don't have guys playing in the EPL and all these guys playing in, in Bundesliga and Italy. Like we're not gonna we're not gonna do that. We're gonna come mm-hmm. out. We're gonna perform. We're gonna show up. We're gonna play the way that we have been. We're gonna play even better than that. We'll be healthy, hopefully, knock on wood. And I think we're gonna surprise the people. And I don't think we're gonna be the Iceland of this tournament. I think we're gonna be the Greece of this tournament. Ooh, the Greece. <laughs> okay. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just talk, saying. Talk about playing Canada on the map. Just win the I, whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> It, I mean, again, I mean, Greece, like they, the, what they were good at set pieces. They got all their goals from set pieces and then just defended really, really well. Hey, we can you do just, that. You we just have to be, you know, you have to be perfect. Uh, take like, and that's what I mean. If you defend, I mean, it's not hard. You just have to defend perfectly. Obviously not let any goals in. You'll probably get one chance in the game and you have to score that chance as a Greece one. Yeah. Um, so you that's just all it is, to, baby. Win games, win every game one nil. Get a couple yeah. of draws, no, no. Who cares? In the group stage, yeah. go through, progress. Not hard. Just defend. <laughs> Make sure Lukaku, Hazard, other Hazard, De Bruyne, <laughs> Carrasco don't score on you. We don't have to worry about Lukaku. Let's just say that right now. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> we do got to worry about Hazard and Hazard and De Bruyne. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe those no, guys, it, yeah. Yeah, but, I mean, the Canada players are going to be pumped going in. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens. I mean, if we can get a good result against Belgium, like... Um, yeah. get a draw that that would be huge i mean if you can pull off the craziness of a win against belgium that would be you know beyond their wildest dreams uh get get three points from your hardest game uh and just get to the knockout stage and then any literally anything can happen get to the knockout stage anything can happen in any game that's it you have your three toughest games coming up and Get through those, and then you're fine. Just get out of the group. Get out of the group somehow, and then go to PKs and win all of them. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's yeah. do it. That's all you have to do. 
<laughs> just win, baby. Just whatever, whatever out, it takes to win. Eke out a tie against Belgium, eke out a tie against Croatia, and then beat Morocco, and then you're in the knockout stage, and then just defend, and then <laughs> nick a goal in stoppage time. That's all yeah. you have to do. Crazier things have been done in the past. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I honestly think, like I said, like I think it's going to be a long time coming. We're going to have many podcasts about this leading up to uh, game one. I believe oh, I saw the schedule somewhere. I forget where it is now. Um, I have it on my phone, actually. Yeah, I think it was November 22nd or 23rd you played Belgium. Yeah, that sounds right. November 27th you play Croatia, and I think December 1st or December 2nd we play Morocco. Okay, it's a, it's a Wednesday, Sunday... And then something else, I forget. Yeah, so something in that ballpark. I know oh, it's I first. It it's a Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday the 23rd against Belgium. Um, Sunday the 27th against Croatia. And then Thursday, December 1st against Morocco. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's a 2 o'clock start on Wednesday, 11 a.m. on Sunday, which would be nice. Everyone can watch that. No excuses. Mm-hmm. And December 1st, the Morocco game, maybe the deciding game, maybe the most important game of the group. Yeah, uh, 10 a.m. on Thursday. Yeah, definitely be exciting. Yeah. So yeah, get your get your portable TVs, get your uh, get your Walkman out there, get something out there to, <laughs> to be able to listen to these games. Um, yeah, we'll have like I said, we'll have many more podcasts and many more episodes leading up to you know the biggest biggest tournament in the world. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a time, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be so much fun. Yeah, it's going to be a party for sure. Looking forward to what we can muster up yeah. against the very best. I want to sure. see, it'd be interesting to see what, because uh, we always talked about it. It's like, oh, if Italy ever made the World Cup, like who would you go for? I mean, for us, obviously, Italy's not in it. We just but, said that, didn't we? We just talked yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, wow. it'll be sweet to see like, oh, like the Crows, like with their Canada flag or, you know, whatever have you. So. Mm-hmm. It'd be cool to see like Canadian flags going around because we like we never experienced that before. Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, my it's really cool too because like obviously this is a first for our. I mean, in our generation, this is a first. This happened 36 years ago, I believe it was the mm-hmm. first time Canada ever qualified, first and last up until now. And yeah, it's a completely generational thing. It's completely new era with technology and everything else. Like what's happening after the game, my grandma called me. Like out of the blue, like my 88 year old, 88 year old grandma, she called me and she's just like, I want to say congratulations to you guys for qualifying for the World Cup. And I was like, are you even, do you know what you're talking about right now? Like, <laughs> I'm like, thanks, Graham. Like, first of all, thank you. Yeah. But I'm like, I didn't do anything with it. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> but then I also said to her, I'm too, I'm like, well, it's kind of nice because at least I have someone to cheer for because Italy didn't qualify and she didn't know what I was talking about. But, uh, um, but I, anyways, she yeah, she came in and congratulated my eighty-eight-year-old grandma, who's like just watching random, you know, CBC news or something, caught wind of Canada winning, going to the next round, and she knew I love soccer and love football, so she gave me a phone call to say congratulations. That's what this means for our country. That's what this yeah. means for us. Yeah, this is absolutely massive. It's gonna turn a lot of people, I think, into soccer fans. Whereas before, it was always like, oh, soccer is a sissy sport. Nah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> depends what country sometimes <laughs> yeah it depends but yeah i'm looking forward to see all the changes that come come from this yeah for sure